0: Okay, so we're busy with this month. Our theme is called The Church Has Left the Building. We stole it from Elvis. The announcer said Elvis has left the building. Because so many times we as a church, we love love this. We love the worship and we love the fellowship of the saints and we love our little holy huddle. And this is great. You should come to church. You should worship God. There's something that happens when people come together and worship Him. There's anointing that flows in corporate worship that you cannot get in another place. But there's a calling on the church to actually exit the building and to exit the building with Jesus and the fullness of God. So this month, we just want to explore this idea that we actually have an anointing and calling a purpose outside of the four walls of this church. There's a There's a calling on you as an individual to take Jesus not only to church on a Sunday to this, but also to take Jesus with you as you go to your school, your business, wherever you're going. And He wants to go with you, and He wants to influence the people and um, the people that you're leading and the people that you're friends with. Are you excited about that? I get excited about those, those things. So, what we want to do today is we want to focus on. And framing this conversation, what is, like, I, just, I was praying, I was asking God, what is the one thing that we can build as the foundation for this idea that we can go out and change the world? Because basically what Luke said is, he said that we have the ability, we must believe that we have the ability to change the world. We must believe that, because that's, that's biblical. You have Jesus in you. Jesus changed the world with 12 men. He wants to do it with you. There are more than 12 people in this room. So I want you to go to to a scripture that's probably very well-known for all of you. It's Matthew 6, verse 33. It's actually on there also. But before we do that, as I was praying for about this this sermon, I I felt God saying that we need to really get this. (laughs) We need to get this scripture. And it's sometimes we come to church and we we experience something, sometimes even just the emotional hype, sometimes a word from God, but we don't change. The goal of tonight, the goal of the worship, the goal of welcoming you, the goal of good coffee, the goal of fellowship, the goal of prayer is to actually move you from a point A to a point B and hopefully to a point C, D, E, and F. There's a movement. There's a shift that should happen in your life. There's growth that should take place in your life. And so many times we come to church and we have a good experience, but we still stay the same. I love what somebody said. He said, Jesus is bigger than a train. If you're going to stand in front of a train and wait for a train to hit you, you will change. So if you are willing that Jesus comes and change you, you will change because he is bigger than a train. He, he wants to be involved in the growth. And sometimes growth is really painful. other day I was having a conversation with somebody and I said, I don't want to go back to three years ago. The big thing, is not that I I didn't like my life back then. It's just that the kind of growth that I went through in the last three years, if I think of it, it was painful. And there's so much humble pie that I was eating in the last three years. And some of you are probably feeling the same. And and, and hopefully when I'm five years down the line, I'm going to look back today. I'm going to think, wow, you have learned so much. I don't want to go back to that again. So, one of the most important things that we want to believe that we need if, if we want to be moved by God, and that's the first belief that you need to, it's a, it's a mindset. And I, I want to almost speak into the Spirit. I want to declare this truth over you. And, and I'm praying that it will hit you so hard that it will actually change a mindset, break down a stronghold if, if that is not true in your life. And that is that God is an absolutely good God. And that means that you can trust Him. It means that you can trust Him. Some of you are sitting here and you can, you can say with your mind, God is a good God, but you don't trust Him. If you can't trust Him, you don't really believe that He is a good God. And don't condemn yourself now. Just come up for prayer later so that we can pray for you for this. But you need to understand that God is a good God. And He's always for you. And as you... Get that revelation as your mind changes to who God really is. It's so much easier just to give of your life to God. Because He is is absolutely good. There's no shadow. There's nothing bad in God. I think so, so many times we say, hey, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to God. Give your life to the Father. Hey, just surrender everything. But we never tell people how good God is. We never revealed to them how good God is. Hopefully, if you, if you spend time with me, if you spend time with my family, my wife, and my four kids, you will see the goodness of God. That is one of our biggest goals as a family. We want to reveal the goodness of God in everything we do. do. Everything. And people are like, wow, okay. If that is possible for the O'Kennedys, then I'm going to trust for that same revelation. And as you get that revelation... You're like, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus because I see it. There was, last night we were at Andrei's 50th birthday, and we, I was discussing or just having a conversation with one of the girls there, and she came to Jesus somewhere in April on a Monday night at an intercession meeting. Quite a weird experience for the first time in a charismatic um, kind of church. comes to an intercession meeting. Yeah? That's quite wild. And she meets with Jesus and she comes that whole night, that whole week we had meetings every night. And, she came, and every night she had an experience with God. And, and seeing her now, she went to Sri Lanka with us. She is just changed. Her life got transformed. If I ask her, hey, do you believe that God is a good God? she was like, hey, I, I can't tell you how a good God is. I cannot tell you how a good God is. So that's the first thing is. If you want to be moved by God, you need to know that He is a good God. You must trust Him. If a stranger passes you by and tells you, Hey, I'll give you a lift to somewhere, you're going to say, No, I don't want that lift. Even if he offers you a slab of chocolate or lint chocolate. You're just going to, maybe you're going to grab the chocolate and run away. But all of us are trained not to trust strangers. And that's a good thing. I also teach my children that. But if you know the person, if you know it's a good Person, then you're going to trust him. How how more will we trust God if we know that God is a good God? So, if you want to be moved, you want to take a lift with God to the the area of growth in your life. So that's the first important. Second one is we need to believe the Scripture. We need to believe that this is this is the Word of God. This is the absolute truth. If we take this and we live according to this, we will be changed. And God will use us. But so often, I have to argue with, with Christians about, hey, whether this is true or not. Because they m- might say, hey, I believe in the Bible. But then you come across a passage all about the grace of God or Jesus bringing no condemnation or about you need to obey the word of God or, or whatever. And they're like, no, 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 that's not true. That part of the Bible, let's rip it out. We need to believe this is, this is absolute truth. This is, this is more important than your textbooks at varsity. It's more powerful. Do you believe that? If you're, if you're nodding your head, that's a dangerous thing to do. I'm seeing all of you. And the angels are also seeing all of you. And they're going to watch over you. And they're going to see, hey, are you actually saying yes just because it's the right thing to do in church? Or are you going to do it? Okay. So, those are the two beliefs that I want to take on tonight, that I want to see being established in your life. Because we want to get to this very important scripture. So, just to frame, so as Jesus saying this, He's saying, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And then he has a promise. All these things will be given to you as well. So it gives us a commandment, an assignment, and it says there's a promise connected to that. That's, that's always good. If Jesus says something and says, hey, if you do this, then you'll get this. And if Jesus is saying, do this, you get this, then it's true. It's true. So if you do this, you will get this. Everything else will also be added, added to you. So, we're going to talk about what is what is the, what is the kingdom and what is his righteousness because obviously we want to we want to get the promise also. Okay, I want you to go to Matthew six and we're going to read from verse nineteen because Jesus is it's part of this passage. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount very famous passage. And um, it's where Jesus, he shares powerful teaching on what the kingdom of God is like. Well, if you've heard that Jesus would come, when he, a couple of his sermons would be like, hey, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is close by. So Jesus is saying, I am coming to you in your world And I am bringing my world with you. And my world is better than your world. And I want to invite you into my world because this is the world of the kingdom of God. So he's sharing a couple of things here. So let's read in Matthew 6 verse 19. If you don't have a Bible, we're doing this revolutionary thing. We're bringing Bibles to church. It's a new thing in this church we're starting If you don't have a Bible, you can take one. You can take it home also. Some more Bibles. Okay, great. So, Matthew 6, verse 19. So, again, think of this. Jesus is speaking. Powerful. Who is the king of the universe? Jesus. He is speaking. This is truth. Okay. He says, "Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal." By the way, there was crime back in that day, also. It's not like it's only happened in, in South Africa. There's, there was crime, so you know. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So one of the first points that he's making is saying, hey, where is your heart? If, if you reveal to me what is in your heart, I will show you in which world you're living. Are you living in the kingdom of this world or are you living in the kingdom that I'm bringing, the kingdom of heaven? It's so much better to bring your heart to my world, the kingdom of, of heaven. So where is your heart? That's the first question Jesus is asking. Then verse 22, the, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So he's, he's saying, where are you looking for your provision? Because the context is actually it's, it's money and it's provision. So... Where are you looking? Are you looking to the system of this world? Your, in, your investments, your ability, your degree, your parents, your business, or are you looking to God, to His kingdom? Are you looking to Him to provide? Not that it's bad to have a degree, to study hard, and to do all of that, and to invest, but He's saying, where is, your primary, where is your primary focus? And then he continues. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And, he was, and he's talking about mammon. He's saying there's, a, there's something that rules this world that I'm coming into. Money makes the world turn around. So there's a... There's a ruler in this world and it's money. And Jesus is the ruler of the kingdom of God. And he's saying, you cannot be serving the system of this world and serving me. You're going to have to choose. There's no compromise. So, I'm making some strong statements. But it's Jesus. Okay. So, let let that change your mind. Let that penetrate your heart. And then, verse 25, I'm going to read a couple of... Verses now, it speaks about what, what people in this world do and how we should actually respond to that. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So this is actually so cool. Jesus is saying, hey, hey, guys, you worry about a lot of nonsense. But I'm, I'm, I'm here to reveal the Father to you, and that Father is good. So he's making, he's making a point for the goodness of God. He says, the Father that I'm revealing to you actually cares for the birds, and you are much more valuable than the birds, so how much more will he care for you? Just a, it's a simple statement. But it's powerful because he, Jesus wants to bring them to this, seek first the kingdom. He wants to tell them, hey, if you really believe that God is good, then that should be your highest priority. So he's using an argument to show them that God is really good. Verse 30, if that is our God close the grass of the field, sorry, um, 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? That is scripture that you can put up just above your desk and repeat every day. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? <laughs> so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans, the people of this world, run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, and they our Scripture. But you, you that are followers of Jesus, you that want to follow me, you that are interested in this new kingdom, you that want to be with God, But you, seek first, highest priority above all, above clothes, above finances, above everything, above the perfect girlfriend or the perfect husband, above all of that. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and then the amazing promise, and all of these things will be added to you. So if you do this, and I'll give you clothes, you will not be naked when you go to a party. You'll have food to eat. You will not starve to death. You will have a house a bed to sleep in. But first this. First the kingdom. And then verse 34. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day is enough trouble of its own. It's almost Jesus being sarcastic. Saying hey, don't worry. <laughs> tomorrow will worry about itself. Okay, so. Jesus is bringing us to this. Seek first his kingdom and his Righteousness and everything else will be added to you. If you just do this, most of your problems will disappear. If this is true, and if you do this, then because most of our problems lies in this area, all these things. We worry about the future, we worry about our children, we worry about finances, we worry about what are we gonna eat, we worry about all these things. These what the Bible says, worldly things. They are good things, but they're not our primary focus so what is seek first his kingdom what is his kingdom now because sometimes we are so bombarded by by these very spiritual words that we don't understand and we don't know how to apply it practical practically so it's basically saying that seek first where jesus reigns. Seek first and make Jesus the king of your world. So now you can break it down. You can say, Jesus, I am actually sitting on the throne of my finances. I'm standing up. I allow you to sit on, my th- on the throne of my finances. God, I'm actually sitting on the throne of all my relationships, and I stand up, and I give you that throne. God, I am actually sitting on the throne of my studies, and I'm giving you that throne. It's not like I'm not gonna study hard, but I'm still gonna be disciplined, but I'm not gonna that's not gonna be my highest care. My highest care is gonna be the kingdom of God. I want to not only do well in my studies so that I can be a blessed person and people can give me accolades. No, I want to glorify your name. Hey, hey God, so yo, yo, I have all these issues from my past, my parents. I'm actually standing up from there. And I'm saying, you take that throne. I cannot do it on my own. And all of you have done it. If you're a Christian, you have done it sometime in your life. You have said, I cannot save myself. I cannot do this anymore. And you have stepped off the throne of your life and you said, Jesus, you come and reign. And then somewhere down the line, we're like, okay, no, no, I need to take control of this. Jesus is not in control. He cannot do this. Oh, my, my emotions is running. I'm never going to be a, get a husband. I'm never going to get a girl. Oh, I need to take control of this. And God's just saying, step, step away. He's Seek first His kingdom. And His righteousness is basically, it has to do with everything that is right in His eyes. So the first important thing that you need to understand that is right in His eyes is that you are right. In his eyes, you are right in his eyes. That means that he didn't send Jesus to die for your cat or your dog or the cow, he sent Jesus to die for you. And because of Jesus, you have you can be in right standing with God, and that is one of the most powerful things on this earth is the righteousness of God. That was bestowed on you through Jesus Christ. That you are in right standing with God. That I messed up, that I messed up, I messed up, I messed up. I'm far from God. And suddenly Jesus hits me. He finds me. I say, God, I surrender all. And then I become the righteousness of God. I become holy and I can fellowship with Jesus. That That is His righteousness. The first step into His righteousness is to know that you are right in His eyes. Say that about yourself. Point your finger at your forehead and say, I am right in Jesus' eyes. I okay, guess so you know, understand your identity. That is His righteousness. But also everything else that is, that is right. So here's, a, here's an example that I also use in the morning service. So when Zuma was president, it was, most of you didn't like Jacob Zuma when he was president. I think that's a fair common to make. Okay? But if Jesus would bring Zuma in here, then the right thing, Jesus looking or God looking through Jesus to Zuma, his righteousness on Zuma would be a pro- prophecy for blessing in Zuma's life. But all of us being so very judgmental, we would go like, go down. Oh, hey, you've messed up the country. Or, oh, have you have done this. But now, because we are seeking God's kingdom and His righteousness, God has a different way. He has a different perspective from what is right. He would go like, hey, Jacob, I actually, I have a, there's a prophetic thing on your life. There's a redemptive value on your life. And I've actually called, you, and I really believe this is true from Jacob Zuma, is that he was called to bring the, the, the poor people to the spotlight and for their needs to surface in the political circles. But he, maybe he did a good job of that at first, but later on he definitely didn't do a good job at, at that. So there's a, there's a prophetic word that Jesus would bring him into the dream of God for Jacob Zuma. And that is his righteousness. So what is right in his eyes, what is right in Jesus' eyes, that's a thing that we need to go after. Okay, so seek first his kingdom. In other words, Step off off every throne where you're sitting. Every throne you say, God, I want to do this, but I'm actually stepping away from that. I'm giving this to you. I'm like, I have Isaac. I'm just giving it to you. God, I'm seeking the righteousness of Jesus, and that is to know my identity as a son or a daughter of the living God, but also to understand that there's a, there's a righteousness that God wants to bestow on all people, and I'm going to work towards that. And then God's like, you know what? I'm going to add all these other things to you. And when I was, when I was preparing, I, I felt God saying, some of you are going to really get this, and you're going to run with, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And you must be, be prepared to receive. A lot of all these other things. Just be ready. Say, I am ready. I'm ready to receive all these other things. So here's, a, here's sort of a disclaimer for this message. You're going to go, seek first His kingdom, his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. Because that is the truth. That will happen if you do that. And then after a while, you're going to go like, ah, oh, shucks man, all these other things actually entangled me and I'm not actually seeking after God's kingdom and His righteousness anymore. So the things that were added, the blessing became your highest priority and you need to move back. Maybe some of you are sitting here. You're like, hey, I've, I've really, I've, I'm, I went after God, but then suddenly I've, I've received all this blessing and then this blessing became all the reality of the biggest priority in my life. So God's saying, hey, come back, come back, make me and my kingdom, my righteousness, the highest priority, and I will take care of the rest. We are so fighting all these battles in this realm and in this worldly system that we forget that we are called for a higher world, and that's the kingdom of God, where Jesus reigns, where He takes control of your I feel alive. Great. Let's read this last scripture. Matthew 6 verse 33. Um, if you can come up. So Matthew 6 verse 33 is the passion translation. I like this. It says, so above all, so highest priority. So this is a, this is a simple message. Above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. And I like this part. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. So you can almost make a list in your life. What are the things that you are chasing after that are the less important things? You say, hey, God actually wants to give me the less important things in abundance. The problem is the only way that He can really trust you with the less important things is when you seek first His kingdom. And His, and His righteousness. So you're going to ask yourself, what is His kingdom? What does His kingdom mean in my life? How do I apply His kingdom to my business, to my studies? Seek His kingdom. Extending His kingdom through my studies, through my relationships. How can I? How can I do that? How can I establish that? And then everything else will be added. So if we can do this as the church, we're going to be so blessed. People are going to come like, "Hey, Sam, why are you so blessed? I want to know that. I want to know that God." I was in, I was at Varsity, and I was. Quite into cycling, and I loved mountain biking. And then, to train for mountain, for to to get some base training done, you would go on the on the road, and I would go on my mountain bike. And all my friends would have these very fast road bikes. And then one Wednesday, we did we did a probably like a 50k, just road bike and they're on the road and afterwards I'm I'm like hey God uh, I don't need a road bike I already have a bicycle and I love mountain biking more than I love road biking but I know that you're a good father and if if I can ask I would love a road bike just like that I just asked that I'm not going to use it to do missionary work up in Africa I'm just going to use it to enjoy myself and that Monday, so that was a Wednesday. The Monday, a friend phoned me and said, God said to him the, the previous Wednesday that he must give his road bike to me. And he walked in there with his, back then it was 11 grand with road bike. It was it was a, I really, I really enjoyed the, the bike. So what, is, what was God telling me? He was saying, I'm, all, I'm really interested in, all the lesser important things. Hey, thanks for seeking my kingdom and my righteousness. And I want to add even just a simple prayer for a road bike. I want to add that. And because of that story, so many people was impacted by the goodness of God. Because I tell them, Hey, God is interested in your deepest desires. He's interested in your deepest desires that you carry in your heart, that you don't even share with people. Because He is so good. Okay, let's stand.